loves you. Are you good? Well, it's great to be in church, isn't it? Wow. Hey, thanks, Andrew, for an incredible communion message. Um, that was that was absolutely incredible. And um, Dan, I'm so sorry about the videos. Every time, hey, <laughs> every time, every time. But how good, how blessed are we to have such an incredible youth pastor? I just think you are excellent, Dan. We are truly blessed to have you in our church. And how many years have you been here, Dan? I'm, I know this is very random. Seven, this is the seventh year. Ooh, that's significant, Dan. <laughs> get ready, get ready. Well, anyway, um, I have a message for you this morning, and I'm distracting myself. Um, and I felt the Spirit of the Lord speak to me very clearly on Tuesday to bring this word, and I'm going to preach about distractions today. So get your imaginary seatbelt on and put it on and get ready to hear from God this morning. Um, well, uh, who remembers uh, switching on? Now, we obviously don't get to watch global news that often, but who remembers switching on the TV last year and seeing, you know, BBC News and all those world news stations with reporters and journalists reporting from their home? Who, who remembers seeing anything like that, right? And that's what happened. Um, people had to, you know, be in their homes as we experienced for a whole three days in South Australia. But, you know, in places like America, you know, the journalists had to basically do reports from their home. And so, anyway, um, there's this one guy, Professor Robert Kelly, who is an expert um, on South Korea and is a journalist for BBC News, was doing a report and, um, and he was catapulted into YouTube fame after he provided great amusement to many, many viewers when they watched this clip. Now, some of you may have already seen this clip, but I just want to play it um, because it just is a perfect illustration of what I want to preach to you about this morning. So let's look at the screen. Scandals happen all the time. The question is, how do democracies respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift it, shifting, shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. <laughs> the, um, pardon me. My apologies. What will this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, sorry. Um, North Korea, North, uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely oh limited. Oh my goodness, don't you just feel so sorry for that guy who is trying to remain focused. But that is the funniest thing happening in the background. And didn't you feel sorry for the mum? Oh my goodness, like how terrifying her face was just like, oh my gosh. So, and then the little kid, thank you, mum. <laughs> I loved it. The whole thing was perfect. It's had 41 million views, like people just watching it over and over again. Um, 
so funny. But you know what a perfect distraction. This guy is trying to bring a very serious report. And you can see he just cannot focus anymore. He's trying to focus. He's trying to get the train of thought back into his mind. And he just can't because all he can think about is, why didn't either I lock the door or why didn't you keep your eye on the kids? But his mind is elsewhere. And that is what happens to us in life when we get distracted. Distractions are things that prevent someone from concentrating on something. It's an obstacle to our attention. And it comes from the word distraction, comes from the word, it's a Latin word. And again, I'll remind you, I don't speak Latin, all right? Distrahiri. I'm sure you don't even say it like that. But dis means apart and trahiri means drag. And so distraction is when you're dragged away from your task. Isn't that right? And so it comes in all different forms and from all different directions. And the result is the same each time. And it takes us off course and it prevents us from the things that God has put in front of us, and it positions us in the wrong place. And then we wonder why the promises of God are not unfolding in our life because we're actually in the wrong place. Well, did you know that it takes 23 minutes and 15 seconds, to be exact, to return to your original task after an interruption? And multiple studies confirm this. Distractions don't just end up eating your time during that distraction, but they derail your mental progress for up to half an hour afterwards. And that's assuming another distraction doesn't show up in another half an hour. Are we all on the same page here? Do we all get distracted? Yes, we do, including me, every single day, all of us. But this is the problem. It's not just that we waste time when we get distracted. Because you think of all the times that you get distracted and then times that by 25 minutes. We wonder why at the end of the day we feel like we've done absolutely nothing. Am I the only one that thinks that way? And it's because we get distracted and we're not aware of what is distracting us. But it's not just the time wasted that's the problem. The actual problem is this, and this is where I want us to switch on here. It's that we are sacrificing some of our best thinking. We are actually sacrificing some of our best thinking. I remember hearing this um, sermon that T.D. Jakes um, spoke about, just spending time with God in his word. And I remember him saying, the problem is people just need to, uh, don't stare at the word of God. And sometimes we've just got to stare at scripture to get it into our spirit, to go deeper and not sacrifice the time to think about what God is trying to say to us through his word. Because when we don't go deep, it's because we have allowed distractions to interrupt our thoughts and we feel like we've literally gotten nowhere and we haven't been fed in our spirit. 
And so I want to preach today on overcoming distractions because I want us in 2021 to go deeper in our faith with God like never before and actually strengthen our walk with God. Are you with me? So I'm going to give two points today. And the first one is this. How do we overcome distractions? Well, we've got to simply remain focused. Turn to the person next to you and say, remain focused. Do you know, when we remain focused, it protects us from being pulled to the left and the right by random thoughts and feelings. And we combine our focus with being intentional, which means that when we do that, we respond from a place of truth and not from a place of emotion. So how can we remain focused? Well, we need to start by setting uninterrupted blocks of time for focusing on God. You know, that's not always an easy thing and everyone's life looks very different. I know when I had young children, I found it really difficult to spend time with God. But you know, the Holy Spirit always makes a way where there is no way. And I remember coming before the Lord and saying, God, how can I spend time with you while my children are so little? I'm getting up early. I'm going to bed late. The kids are waking through the night. I'm really tired. But you know what? God showed me how I was to spend time with him. And I'm grateful that I did because one of the things that I did was I memorized scripture in the car. And I used to play this CD that was playing scripture in song. And I memorized all these scriptures throughout the season of my kids being little. But not only that, my kids got to actually hear those scriptures as well and sing worship in the car. And do you know, I had a conversation with my 19-year-old son the other day, and we were talking about worship songs. And I said to him, what's your favorite worship song? And it actually blessed my heart when he turned around to me and he said, oh, do you remember this song we used to listen to? And it was a song, I think, from like that was recorded in 2006. And I can't remember the song right now. But we played it and I was so blessed in my spirit because it reminded me of a time that I was very intentional as a young mum playing worship in the car that actually not only blessed my life, spending time with God, worshipping Him, but the ripple effect was that it actually blessed my boys and it helped them in their growth and their memory of spending time with God as we were worshipping in the car. And God wants us to remain focused. And so we need to start by being intentional and setting uninterrupted blocks of our time. You know, we we do that with our life. We have a calendar and we will set times for all sorts of different things. But I want to challenge us today, do we actually set a time with God? I didn't say this in the first service, so I feel like the Holy Spirit is actually saying to people that maybe to be intentional, you need to put it in your diary. You need to put it in your calendar, time with God, and let no one interrupt it. You know, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 5 says this, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. 
For still the vision awaits the, its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Do you know our theme for this year is simplify as a church? Simplify. And a big part of this is what we say yes to and what we say no to. But if we haven't heard what the vision is for our lives and what the vision is for our church, we actually won't know what we're saying yes to and what we're saying no to. And we will end up complicating our lives and not going anywhere and spinning around in circles because we literally just haven't put aside the time in our day to hear from God. Because when you hear from God, you know what to say yes to. When you hear from God, you know what to say no to. But when you are hearing from everybody else, you are so confused and so complicated that you just don't end up going anywhere and you end up in circles and wonder why you feel like you've gotten anywhere. You see, God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to move you forward. He wants to make you fruitful. But we've got to position ourselves to surrender ourselves to him on a daily basis and remain focused. And the way in which we can do that is actually by writing down what God is saying to us so that it's clear and then we can actually run with it. You know, a few years ago, I was really frustrated because I'd gone through a season where I just stopped prioritizing the word of God. And I was like, God, please help me. And I cried out to him. And, you know, I remember exactly where I was. And the word of the Lord just came so simply to me. And it was this, Janine, just start a journal and write down scriptures and use the, the church devotional scriptures And this was years ago. And do you know, I have committed to doing that every single day since my family can, um, are my witnesses, right? And uh, I'm I'm telling you this, to say this, right? This is is what I use, right, to do my devotions every day. This is something our church has provided for every single day of the year. Two passages of scripture, right? We've made these available for you at the Next Step Stand. And I encourage you to take the Word of God seriously for your life. And, you know, so every morning I, um, I get out my, my devotional book. Here it is right here. And, um, and I, I, I write down what the Scripture is and I allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me out of the chapters. Now, there are times when I feel the Holy Spirit drop into my heart a totally different Scripture And that's fine. You know, I'll unpack that. But I'll write down what God is saying to me and how I can apply it to my life. And I can't tell you. I can't tell you the times that I have woken, troubled in my spirit about something or, you know, that's trying to distract me and take me off course. And I've just simply woken up and I've gone straight to my journal, straight to the Word of God, and I've prayed and I've just said, God, you know exactly what's going on in my spirit at the moment. And you know what? He'll speak to me. And and I will be sitting there just blown away because you know what? The Word of God is active. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's alive, which means that when we are reading the Word of God, it comes alive in our spirit. And 
we need to be intentional about making sure that we are putting aside a concentrated amount of time so that distractions don't take us off course and we can remain focused on what God is saying to us. It's so important. And so it may mean writing down what God has said so that you can come back and be reminded what it is God is saying. I cannot tell you what that has done for me. You know, it helps me to get my mind focused on what God wants me to do for the day, right? Because we make our plans, but the Bible says he orders our steps, right? And so when we are completely and fully surrendered to God on a daily basis, what happens is we actually live a supernatural life as a result because we make our plans. But if the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go and speak to that person, I want you to message that person, I want you to reach out to this person, I want you to encourage that person, I want you to stop what you're doing, pray for this person right now and encourage it. Honestly, I have done that so many times. And and just when I've done it, people have gone, I can't believe you rang me right now. I can't believe you reached out to me right now. But it's the Spirit of God that knows where that person is. And, and, you know, you're probably sitting there going, well, Janine, you're a pastor. You're meant to kind of do that. But you know what? If I was not a pastor, I would hope that I'm still doing that as a Christian. Shall I say it again? Like, it's really important that God can trust us. We can trust God, but can God trust us to actually use us? We are his ambassadors. Will we position ourselves so that God knows we are reliable and he knows he can trust us with his word to help others? Or are we all over the shop being distracted by work and things and people and conversations and all sorts of things that God is like, oh, I'd really love to be able to just speak right now, but I know that he or she is just not going to listen, so I can't. But you know what? God wants us to position ourselves. You know, Psalm 86 verse 11, sorry, I'm jumping, Um, uh, King David King David wrote a note to his son who had just become king, King Solomon, and he wrote some really wise advice. He made it plain so that Solomon could run with this godly, fatherly advice, and it's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. And he wrote, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father. Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. You know, there are three main keys in that piece of advice that I want to just highlight right now. Number one is acknowledge God with your life. Acknowledge God with your life. Do people know that you follow God? Do people know that you are a Christian? Do people know in your sphere of influence that you are surrendered to God and God is your life? Do people know? The second one is this, serve him with wholehearted devotion. And the third one is this, serve him with a willing spirit. You know, I want to look at specifically what it means to serve him with wholehearted devotion. In Psalm 86, verse 11 to 12, it says, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. 
Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. You know, I read this uh, quote this week by a guy called um, A.W. Tozer, a famous um, American pastor. And he wrote this, the truth is that we have as much of God as we actually want. I'll read it again. We have as much of God as we actually want. You know, some of us wonder why there is so much mess in our lives. But, you know, God actually wants to bless us. He doesn't want you to have mess. He wants you to have bless. (laughs) That's really bad, isn't it? But he wants to bless us. And sometimes we are the actual obstacle to God's blessing. We are our very own distraction because we have allowed distractions to come in and rob us of what God has for us. And that advice is amazing. Acknowledge God with your life. Serve Him with wholehearted devotion. You know, David was writing in Psalm 86 about an undivided heart. Give me an undivided heart. You know, God deserves the best of us. He doesn't deserve the scraps. He doesn't deserve the end of us, the dregs. When we have done and prioritized every other person, every other job, every other responsibility, and then we go, oh, God, I'll spend time with you as though we're doing him a favor. No, 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 no. It needs to be the other way around. People that are demanding our time and our attention, we just need to politely say, hey, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm putting first things first. I'm putting God first in my life because I want to posture myself to hear from him. And you know what? It can be whatever time of the day you want. But I encourage you, put time in your diary like you prioritize everything else. Put God first. That's how you remain focused on God. He deserves our best. And I want us to make a decision this year at the beginning of 2021, that we decide that God gets our best and not our worst and not the dregs and not the scraps, but the very best. You know, he doesn't demand our complete devotion because it's to feed his ego. He's not like a man or a woman where we have egos. God is not like that. But he demands our complete devotion for actually our own protection and safety. Because he has the best for us, he doesn't want us to miss out on it. But when we're distracted looking this way and that way, then we get distracted and we actually miss out on the blessing that God has. He's always got the best and he's always going to make sure it's fruitful. And so we miss out if we don't do those things. When our heart is divided. You know, the third piece of advice that David gives Solomon is that we would serve him with a willing spirit. You know, there's something very powerful about that. You know, we can serve God. We can make a decision. You know what? Yep, I'm going to serve God. But there's something about having a willing spirit to serve God. You see, there's nothing worse 
than when you see someone serving you and they just don't want to do it. You know those people that they don't greet you, they don't give you a smile, they don't say, how can I help you? It's kind of like you're an inconvenience. Has anyone ever experienced that when you go to the shops or, you know, and you, you just, and it's, this, it's because they have an unwilling spirit. They're just like, you know what? I just don't want to be here and I just don't want to serve you. They're serving, they're serving, but they just don't want to be there. And do you know, sometimes we can do that with God without even realizing we can say, all right, God, yeah, I'll serve you like, you know, we're doing God a favor. We got this the wrong way around, like I'm God and you're not. No, 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 hang on. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He is a sovereign God who created heaven and earth, who deserves the best of us. And so if we're going to choose to serve him, my goodness me, we should be doing it with a willing heart and a willing spirit. You know, God knows we have flesh and we are weak. He knows that we get tired. But you know what? It's all about an attitude of our spirit where we go, you know what, God, I feel weak in body today, but oh, I tell you what, no one's going to know because I'm going to have a big smile on my face because I have a willing spirit to serve serve you and give you my absolute best. That is what God deserves. Do I have any friends left? Oh, fantastic. You know, he wants us to serve him with an undivided heart. So many of us, you know, give portions of our heart to different things. And we say, God, you can have that bit and you can have that bit. And you know, The way in which you can find out if you have an undivided heart or if you have a divided heart is when there is something in your life that is going on that you are engaging in that you cannot give to God. That's a really great way of just indicating whether your heart is divided because every single part of our life should be given to God. And if there is any part of your life, I know this. You know why? Because I've done it. I'm speaking truth here today. I have lived in my younger teenage years serving God with a divided heart. And I knew it was divided because there was a relationship that I was in and he wasn't a Christian and I knew it wasn't right and I refused to give it to God. That's how I knew I had a divided heart. And God, I'm so grateful, called me out of that relationship and he asked me to give him an undivided heart, which I did. You know, when our heart is divided, this is what happens. In Mark 4.19, the worries and the cares of this world, the distractions of this age and its worldly pleasures and the deceitfulness and the false security or glamour of wealth or fame, and the passionate desires for all the other things creep in and choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. That's what happens when we allow distractions to come into our life. So first, my first point is we need to remain focused on God, and we've just talked about how we can, and my second point is this, we must be aware of distractions. You know, the cares of this world will distract us if we're not aware of them. And there are several people in the Bible that this happened. You know, we read the story about Samson. 
Samson was born to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. But there was, as he grew up, what happened was he met this woman who became such a distraction to him. And he tried in his own strength to get rid of the distraction. But because he was using his own strength, in actual fact, she ended up becoming such a distraction that he lost his vision. And literally, they got rid of his eyes. They gouged out his eyes and he lost his vision because of a distraction. David was the same. King David, in the first service, I called him a creeper, but I didn't mean to. I was mixing up my words, so I said, David, the little creeper. But no, he's not a little creeper. He's a good man. But you know what? He got distracted again by a woman, by Bathsheba. And so what that distraction in his mind caused him to do was murder her husband and commit adultery with a woman who was married to another man. That is not what God had for David. And yet I love the grace of God that just turned David's life around and, da- and, and the Lord sent the prophet Nathan to go to him and actually reveal inner truth in his heart. And David had gone so far that David was like, when he told, was told the story, David was like, bring me that man. Oh my goodness, what a, an evil man. And the prophet Nathan goes, well, actually, I'm actually talking about you. I'm talking about you. This is your life. And sometimes distractions become so massive in our life that they can blind us and not let us see inner truth. You know, the Bible says in Psalms that God delights to see inner truth in the inmost part of our being. And that is a responsibility that we have as Christians to come before God and be truthful with him and with ourselves, and live an integral life, because distractions will take up, take us off course. In Luke ten forty, in the um, keys can come. We read about Martha, who was distracted by serving. She'd invited Jesus to her home, and and she came, you know, like and all the mess and all the food that needed to be prepared and instead of delegating and making it a joyful experience she just took it all on herself and ended up getting distracted and Jesus came to her and said but Martha you've missed the one thing that I want you to actually do and that's just to focus on me you know the word used in that scripture in Luke ten forty in the Greek literally means to drag all around to draw away and to be driven about mentally. Often that's what a distraction can look like. We are being drawn away from purpose and unable to focus on what it is that God has got for each one of us. You know, a great way of explaining distractions is driving a motor car, is driving a vehicle, And we can be on the roads and distracted by everything. You know, we live in a world where we have one big distraction in our hands. This is such a distraction for this generation, for kids growing up, for adults, whoever, everyone. Everyone in this church, pretty sure, has one of these. The biggest distraction of this generation. We need to be aware, we need to be intentional about not being distracted so that God can get the best of us. But, you know, when you're driving a car, 
the research shows that distractions actually cause many, many, many car accidents on the road. And so they do campaign after campaign. But one of the campaigns that I noticed, they kind of had used this slogan. And the, the slogan was this, decide to drive. And I thought, how interesting. Because obviously people have become so distracted in their driving that they're not just driving, but they're eating their burger, they're looking at their phone, they're looking at the people out there, they're having conversations, they're trying to fix the kids in the back. They are so distracted, they're not just driving. But God wants us, right, to just live, right, to live and follow Christ, to live the life that He's called us to live and to die to sin. That's what God has called us to do. And so it's interesting, the research that they have done, actually the results of what happens when you're distracted, when you're driving, these are some of the things. Riskier decision-making. Isn't that the same with us? When we are distracted and not fully focused on hearing from God, right, each day for our lives, when we're called to make a decision, it's risky, the decision that we make because we don't hear clearly from God and we're thinking, where do I go? What do I do? Who do I listen to? But when you hear from God, you, you don't, it's, there's no risks in your decision making. You know what to do. How cool is that? So our decision making, when we are submitted and surrendered and focused on God, we hear from Him we can make good decisions. This is another one. Reduction in a, a driver's ability to judge distances, speed, space, and environmental conditions. Well, I believe that when we're focused and aware of what God is doing in and through us, instead of a reduction in a, an ability to discern, I believe we operate with great wisdom and discernment. The next one is this, a reduction when we're distracted, there's a reduction in a driver's ability. Sorry, I've just read that. The next one is speed variations. We stop, then we go. Then we stop, and then we go. But when we are submitted and focused on God, we become consistent and reliable. We're not stopping and starting. We're just reliable. People go, oh, yeah, no, they'll be here because they're reliable. But if we stop and start because we're distracted, People are like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be here. I don't know what they're doing. I don't, I don't know because they're stopping and starting. But I believe this year in 2021, God wants us to stop stopping and starting and just make a decision and remain consistent and reliable so that God can use us and trust us. I'll keep going. Less controlled braking. When you're distracted on the road, there is actually less controlled braking with reaction time slowed and the driver will tend to brake later with more force and less control. Have you been in the car when that's happened, right? Where the brakes go on very quickly because there's been a distraction and you don't see that you need to stop sooner. But instead of less control braking, when we are submitted to God and focused on Him, we operate with self-control because we know and we've become sharper because God is working through us. We have, um, when we're distracted on the road, there are fluctuations in speed and following distances. But instead of that, I believe that when we are submitted to God, we actually become good followers, which then makes us good leaders. 
Because do you know that God has placed you wherever you are in your circle of influence to be a leader? But you know, to be a good leader, you also need to be a good follower, to be a person who understands authority because that's how God works. You know, you also wander from your lane. I thought that was the most interesting one. When you're distracted on the road, and we've all seen them, we're like driving behind someone who's like wandering off the lane. But we do that too. When we allow distractions to come into our life, we get off course. And God wants us to stay in our lane. And the last one is when we're distracted, there's a reduced awareness of our surroundings. When deep in conversation, the driver will tend to spend less time checking their mirrors and monitoring the traffic and road environment. It's so true. In fact, I am very guilty of that. When I get in the car, I will talk so much. I will lose track and I don't even know where we're going. And the passengers in the car will go, Janine, we were meant to turn left about 20 minutes ago. That's what happens when you get distracted. But when we're following God, when we know what God wants us to be doing, we're focused on Him, we remain aware of our surroundings. You know why we need to be aware? Because there is an enemy that is seeking to devour and He's looking out for those that are not strong in their faith. And so we have a responsibility, Christian, to be strong in our faith, to strengthen our relationship with God. And we do that by putting aside time in our day to focus on Him. Psalm 26 verse 3 says this, For I am ever aware of your faithfulness and your loyalty continually motivates me. Do you know sometimes, and I'll be honest, I'm real. You know, sometimes there's a a sense of a lack of motivation to press into the things of God. We feel tired and our body is weak and we just had enough or we've been distracted by your things that have gone wrong. But when you remain faithful, what happens is supernaturally God motivates you. And do you know, spending time daily in God's Word, I'll be honest, oh my gosh, I cannot go a day without spending time with God because supernaturally He motivates me. More of God, less of me. You know, at the beginning of 2021, I believe God wants us to make some daily changes in our lives that will help us get rid of distractions that drag us away from going deeper into the things of God, sacrificing thinking time that is so important for us to be thinking about God and His will for our life, His purposes, and being more aware of His presence and His power working in and through us, remaining focused on God, being aware of distractions and not allowing them to rob us of what God wants. You know, it might mean that you write down the vision that God has given you for His glory and move towards the purposes for your life. This takes action. This is not something we just do and decide in our hearts. You know, I, I kind of put forward my own campaign and, and it was this, decide to live. Decide to live. Decide to live the life God has called you to live. And when you do that, you die to sin. You die to the things that are trying to creep in and rob you. You get rid of them. 
Hebrews 12.2 says this, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority and the completion of his work. You know, I read this quote this week and it says this, I'm so glad that Jesus didn't die for me in his heart. You know, we can decide today to live and go, yeah, that's a really good idea. You know, I'm just going to get rid of all distractions and I'm going to focus on God and I'm going to put time aside every day this year for 2021 and spend time with God. We can, we can make that decision in our heart, easy. But it's actually putting action to that and doing it that's the difference. And I'm so glad that Jesus not only made a decision in his heart to give his life and sacrifice himself for all of creation so that we may come and be reconciled to God, but he actually went and did it. And that's the difference. That's the difference, friends. And I want us to be a church that doesn't just talk like a Christian, but we are Christians, that we are followers of Christ, that we are serving him with a willing spirit, not resentful, not giving half-heartedly, but actually whole-heartedly with an undivided heart that we are His, that we belong fully to Him. You know, I told you about how I do my devotions. Well, I woke up this morning and I'll be very truthful. I felt a bit flat, but I was like, no, I am going to do my devotions and I'm going to spend time with God. And this was the scripture for this morning knowing what I'd prepared to preach on. It says this in Psalm 14 or 15, I can't remember which one. Lord, who dares to dwell with you? Who presumes the privilege of being close to you? Living next to you in your shining place of glory. These are questions. Who are those who daily dwell in the life of the Holy Spirit? They are passionate and wholehearted. Always sincere and always speaking the truth for their hearts are trustworthy. And I knew that I was going to be talking about being wholehearted. I knew I was going to be talking about us being trustworthy. And my question to you today is this. How much do you want God? How much do you want God? Because if you want a lot of Him, then He deserves all of you, not just some. Give Him your whole heart. You know, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir today because many Christians are here, but I believe this is a word from the Spirit of God because some of us have unknowingly, like David did, just divided our heart. And we're only giving God a portion. But today he's asking for your whole heart. Can I just ask every head to be bowed and every eye closed? What I'm going to do right now is going to just ask if there's anyone here and you just feel like this word was for you 
because you have felt really distracted by different things. And I, I just want to create an opportunity where you can respond to God. This, you're almost not responding to me, but you're responding to God. And I want to ask you just to put up your hand because I want to pray for you. If you need prayer because you feel like for some reason, whatever it is, it might be relationships, it might be different voices, it might be your workplace, it might be whatever it is, right? You're feeling distracted at the moment and you want to be intentional and just put aside those distractions. If that's you and you need prayer, can I just get you to lift up your hand because we're going to just pray. Yep, hands going up everywhere. Thank you, thank you. Yes, everywhere. God knows. And I'm just going to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, for every person whose hand is lifted up, they are acknowledging that there are things in their life that is distracting them from remaining focused on you. And today they are making a decision to become more aware of you. And so right now in Jesus' name, we pray that you would come and you would reveal who you are to them in such a powerful way that they would make that decision, not just in their heart, but in their activity during the day where they would put time aside to hear from you and that they would give their best of who they are. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Just remain in this atmosphere with your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to ask if there's anyone here today that doesn't have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you once did and you walked away and you no longer follow Christ, but today you want to make that decision to follow Him or maybe you never have made that decision. I want to give you an opportunity to say the prayer of salvation. So we're going to pray that all together. But if that's you, I just want you to put up your hand and say, yep, I want to say that prayer. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to say the prayer of salvation? We're going to pray that right now. Is anyone here that says, yep, I need God. I want to put God first in my life. I'm just going to wait for a bit because I don't want to miss anyone. Is there anyone here? I want to put God first. Invite him into your life. Yeah, I see your hand. Awesome. God loves you. Anyone else here today? All right. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge my need for you. I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. Help me get rid of all the distractions so that I can remain focused on you. And I decide today to choose to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else as we prayed that prayer that, that prayed and would like to let us know?